The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. A pretty interesting interview starting now with us in studio. Just this just happened coincidentally. It's not because of the whole bacchanal had taken place in the front page story yesterday. This was a discussion that we're going to have on emergency evacuation, but we do have with us this morning. A gentleman who's always, he's always with us uh, sometime during the week speaking with Davey about various things. And that's Acting Fire Sub-Officer Jude Rogers. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, Satish, and good morning to all our listeners in Radio Land. And we also have, uh, uh, as well with us, Divisional Fire Safety Officer Aldrin Allen. Good morning to you. Good morning. Nice to have you with us. And also a gentleman who we spoke to some time ago when we had our anti-crime discussions. And that, of course, is ACP Northern and Western Division, ACP Maharaj. Good morning to you, Winston Maharaj. Yes, good morning. Good morning to the listening public. It's nice to have you with us here this morning. I am trying to figure out whether your microphone is on and working because we're not hearing you clearly at all. So you may have to share a microphone. Yeah, definitely. That's what we're going to have to do. Uh, gentlemen, it's nice to have all of you with us here in studio this morning. Um, we are here to discuss something that... As a nation, we probably have not paid enough attention to, and that's an emergency evacuation plan for Port of Spain. We've been having this discussion since we had, I think it was the bombings on Frederick Street, and DOMA called for a mass evacuation plan, and since then, we've been having discussions um, all, all over the place about this thing. But before we get to those, it'd be remiss of me not to get comments from you all on the raging controversy that we've been discussing all morning long, it broke yesterday, a Sunday, uh, at a to um, front page story about what's going on. We have a situation where um, it's been described as a scandal. The Minister of National Security has called for an investigation in today's newspapers, where you had the purchase of 20 wooden ladders at the cost of a million dollars, which is $50,000 $50, for one. And now we are being told that they have to be disposed of because they can't be used, they can't be mounted, and, and all of these things. Um, as I said, it would be remiss of me not to, not to ask, ask the two representatives of the fire department here about it. And how can something like this happen? And what impact do you all think this is going to have with the public and the confidence in the fire services? Okay, um, well, Satish, as you know, when I am on your radio station, I focus strictly and wholly on the, the protection of life mm -hmm. and giving advice in relation to that. Um, commenting on issues that are in the public domain, which which is out of the purview of, of or the level of my office, is not something that I'm prepared to do. However, I would say that the fire service has a duty and has a responsibility to conduct their business in a particular manner and to follow the laws that govern everything in relation to procurement and etc. So I I suspect that the law will take its course and the outcome of that will be revealed at some point in time. Yeah, I and. I, I think that's um, where the public is focused at this point in time. People are, uh, it, it has happened, you can't deny it, it's in the public domain, the freedom of information request provided all the details, but it's, as I said to my listeners this morning, this may be one of numerous instances across all state entities where things like these happen. Uh, it just so happens that in China Ishmael filed the freedom of information. This bit of information came into the public domain, and we're discussing this at this point in time. So, so to our ACP with us here, one of the one of the discussions that people have started, and the minister as well, uh, has prompted that 
there should be an investigation and possibly um, some sort of action if action is required. But in an instance like this, how does it work? Uh, does the police service act on its own? Does, does the citizen need to walk in and make a report? Or in, in order to prompt an investigation, what, what, what needs to happen? Well, certainly both, um, both circumstances you alluded to, one citizen walks in, makes a report, investigation launched. Also, once information comes to the police by way of the way it came about via the newspaper, etc., um, certainly it would warrant some kind of investigation, some kind of inquiry, mm -hmm. and um, it will be advanced as required. Mm, so I, I think that that's valuable information because this morning a lot of the, the calls and the comments and the text messages and everything else uh, pointed in the direction that people thought this should not just be swept away, that it's a matter of in the, in, in the greater scheme of things. At the end of the day, it's taxpayers who pay the price because it, it, this money didn't come out of no fire service officer pocket. This money didn't come out of the minister office, the minister national security pocket. It came out of taxpayers' funds. And you're talking about a fire service that is in woeful need of all kinds of equipment. I mean, we spoke to Liram Kisun on the program numerous times, and he has lamented that they need breathing apparatus. They need all different kinds of things apart from fire truck and all of these. They, they need these things. A million dollars could have gone a long way in ensuring that some firefighter who is risking his life to run into a burning building is at least wearing the proper gear. And, and, and that's where our focus should be. How do we prevent these things from moving forward? And I'm of the opinion the only way we could, way we could prevent it is make an example of somebody somewhere, somehow, and to tell people, listen, you see this kind of behavior, it's not acceptable. Because you put an institution that is already on the back foot even further on the back foot because this is no matter how you slice it you can't justify to the public you're paying fifty thousand dollars for a wood ladder and now that you've bought the ladder somebody's smiling because the bank account one million dollars richer but at the end of the day the fire service now gone sell these things what are they gonna sell it for you can, if you get five hundred dollars for one of them ladder, ladders you get plenty and I, i'm sure that somebody go buy it because somebody might have use for it but it's a sad state that we find ourselves in um but enough of that, because that is not necessarily why all three of you are here in studio. But it would, as I said, we needed to discuss it, because it's in the public domain, and to not discuss it is not necessarily how the program operates. But there's a bigger issue at hand, and the bigger issue is when things go wrong in the nation's capital, it seems as though citizens, commuters, motorists are left to fend for themselves. And, and, and we've seen numerous instances where, as simple as, I think a week ago, two weeks ago, we had flood on Rising Road. And that created a kind of chaos in the, in the capital. I, I was caught in the traffic. It took me an hour from Barataria to the light, well, not even the lighthouse, to buy sea lots, because I turned around there. And you, you didn't know what was going on. There was no public information broadcast to say, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is what is taking place in the nation's capital. If you can avoid Porto Spain, please do. And you had to find out bits and pieces. You had to ask a question on Facebook. The news, the news fell down that day because they were late to respond to matters like these. And it just does not seem as if we have that kind of coordination, that proactiveness 
to ensure that if something more serious does in fact happen, we can handle it. Now, I know that the, the reason why both of you are in office, uh, in studio, the fire and um, police, is because you're all supposed to work hand in hand when it comes to matters like these evacuation and all these things. Are these discussions taking place? Do we have any sort of work um, on, on, on the table when it comes to a mass evacuation plan? Or are we just, you know, just, uh, just hoping that somebody else deals with what, what's going on? I will talk first. Yes, we do have these discussions going on. Um, every year we have a meeting at ODPM and all the heads of the different departments we are talking about, which, which is police, fire, defense force. Mm -hmm. We do tabletop exercises with regards to all different emergencies that may arise in the city. So but, but we do have discussions taking place every year. Hmm. Well, would you, would you like to add to that? Yeah, more than that, um, the, there is a forum where the various stakeholders meet, and that monthly meet, bi-monthly meeting takes place at the regional cooperation level, where stakeholders meet, discuss, plan, and um, are kept abreast as to developments and refining um, emergency responses as the need arises. So that takes place um, behind the scenes. The public may not be, may or may not be aware of it, but it's a regular ongoing occurrence and necessary to mitigate against the very issues that we are experiencing. Mm -hmm. What we have also taking place is that you have to understand that the Trent Tobago Meteorological Service and the information coming out of that arm of the, 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 the government as well or of our services and state services assists us by preparing us for certain events. But what happens in our country, we, we are exacerbated by the fact that we have clock drains and we have flash flooding which can take place at what we call a spot area and not just not generally a geographically wider area such as a hurricane. When those type of situations happen, it sometimes can catch you off guard and it can stretch the, the resources and your ability to respond in specific areas. And you would hold me out where that is concerned. As you know, flooding has not just plagued Port of Spain, but you have flooding in Coover, you have flooding in the Bamboo, and that's a regular one that, that happens. And in other areas of Trinidad, it's sunny. So we have those type of challenges that we also face, Satish. And so it's not a, it's not a, a situation where we're borrowing out. But what we're seeing is national disasters, there is a preparedness plan, there is discussion, and there is also an overall approach and a system for managing these types of incidents. Well, I, I, am, I am positive if I open the phone lines now and I tell people call and comment on what all three of you have just said, I am positive the callers will say, well, they ain't seen it. Or they ain't seen the results of it. Or the people who were stuck in traffic for hours when we had that flooding on Rising Road don't believe that there's any benefit to all these talks that are taking place. And how now do you come and convince the population that these discussions on a monthly, weekly, daily, however you have them, are bearing the fruit? Because the 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 test is really in 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 when you have the the, the incident taking place. So to tell me that you have all of these discussions, all well and good, telling me that you meet on a regular basis, fine. But when it comes down to actually treating with an incident, the people who were stuck in traffic for hours that day 
and want to hear that holy meeting all the time because they didn't see or it, the, the impression was that they didn't see the benefits of those discussions. What do you say to people? Well, um, allow me to respond to that. Um, now, we must understand that the event that I'm speaking specifically about the flooding mm -hmm. in Spain, perennial problem. And I'm refer I want to refer to a newspaper article sometime last week, post the, 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 the event, where a citizen reported that he did not see the police, or he alluded to the fact that it may make sense for police to be placed at strategic locations to assist with the traffic congestion and whatnot. He didn't see the police. Mm -hmm. But the problem wasn't the police presence. The problem was flooding. The roads were impassable. Wrightson Road, the main arteries, inundated with floodwaters. So to make the assertion that the police should be, what should the police do, standing in the, stand in the water? When the recommendation is that motorists are to avoid the floodwaters, should we call on traffic into the water in a, in a bit to get persons out? Certainly there will be a spillover effect as a result of flooding. Certainly the public will be inconvenienced. The, the, the solution is to fix the infrastructure that leads to flooding. Because built into the plan with the meetings that we all spoke about, that we just spoke about, mm -hmm. is the fact that police officers, once there are events, are activated, the police service is activated, and persons are deployed at various locations to mitigate against crime, criminality, mm -hmm. loss of life, limb, property, to deal with traffic congestion, but the issue is the flooding. Nothing much could be done unless the water subsides. So the best of plan will appear to come to naught because the issue of the flooding, water on the roadway, remains. There is not much that could be done unless that is addressed. Mm. Satish, I want to bring our minds back to a period in time when we had what would have been considered to be um, uh, an event which happens once in every 100 years. Do you remember when there was flooding on the in the whole of Trinidad and Tobago from the the the, the, the east the, straight across to the west? Persons were stuck on the highway for days. Mm. I myself responded to um to in, in into the fire service, the police service. The other arms of Ministry of National Security responded in kind to that particular incident. We had situations where the fire trucks that were inundated with flood water and were stuck in the Grandi area. And rescue efforts had to be, to, to, we had to take alternative measures. And one of the things while we were talking off air, we had to recognize is that you cannot, in some instances, say, okay, we're going to be at this location for this. But when the situation arises, we get the feedback. Feedback comes to the, 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 the National Operation Center. And we begin to put the action into place. The arms are already there. The, the resources are already there. But the, the flooding may happen in a specific location. We have to respond and find ways around the flooded area to access and to bring relief to citizens. So similarly, persons would have been trapped for days on the highway, on the low areas of the highway, and they would have had to get to higher ground. And what we tell them is to remain in your vehicles because that's your safeguard right there. And some persons had to do that. I, we ourselves performed rescues using a, a, a city corporation truck. 
because the fire trucks were, were inundated because there are low points that we tried to access citizens and the trucks became inundated with water. So at the end of the day, the, to, to think that our arms of our services would sit back idly by and not respond to these type of emergencies in unison, that is not the case. And we, 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 are, we are going to continue to do our operations and to reach out to citizens as best as we can, but we must be able to do so safely as well. Because if officers are, were to take the limited resources that we have and cause them to come into situations where the, the, we now lose those assets, then we have another problem on our hands. And then you, what you're saying suggests to me that the fire services and other arms are, are unprepared due, due to a lack of resources. In some instances, you do not necessarily have what you would require in some extenuating services to act as quickly as you should. What I'm saying is that there are going to be limitations to the ability to respond based on the assets that we have. And even if we will, you'll have to get specific assets that can do specific things in certain situations. And there's not one plaster for all situations that we can apply in mm. those types of situations. Uh, and I'll hand it over to the officer. Well, I, I think, I think you, you, there's a level of reasonable that we need to we imply. Yeah, um, uh, but what you're talking, that mass flooding situation that you're talking about, that was a one-off incident. One in one uh, one and so, so the challenges presented there would not necessarily be the average challenge that we get. Um, and I, I hear you when you say that, well, flooding and infrastructure is the problem. Port of Spain lowered and the CM from a time to drop a rainfall is because you just get flood all over the place. The, the, the issue, and probably we'll get the callers involved in the discussion as well, the issue is not necessarily the flooding. The issue is the response to what happens as a result of the flooding. We, we know they install pumps for millions of dollars outside by the, 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 the lighthouse there, the thing I work in, it's still flood and all of that kind of back and all. Those are infrastructural issues that I'm assuming the Ministry of Works and whoever else got to deal with. But the, the inconvenience as a result of what appeared to be a totally unprepared response is what people would have an issue with. N now, being stuck in the traffic myself, I can speak about what, what I actually saw. And, and what, what you saw, what you, you, you experienced for that period of time is a level of uncertainty as to what's going on. Why is there is an accident? Usually, you know, in your traffic, there's probably an accident somewhere, that bottleneck by the light or something happened there. But you, there was no information. And the lack, because I am positive if the information was, was made available to the public, like ladies and gentlemen, and we have the ability through the telecommunications act to send out these things because it's 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 an emergency situation more or less. To, and, and a simple message that would have said, ladies and gentlemen, there's massive flooding on Rising Road for persons who are heading into the city. Expect three four hours in traffic. If you can't avoid Poitiers, please do. Half of the people would have turned around, and they would have gone back home, which would have prevented all the problems. Well, not all, but some of what we saw. It would have reduced the traffic backlog and that kind of thing. And that's the point that I'm trying to drive home. It does not seem as if we have a national response or a or, or mechanism intended at, at uh, um, informing, getting the information. And that's sad. In a communications age that we have at this point in time, one, one social media posting would have gone viral. People would have shared at left, right, and center 
and would have pre- because if I had known that was going on, me coming in Port of Spain, I I did not necessarily have to be there, so I could have turned around and go back home. And I am sure there are tens of thousands of people who would have gotten away from that bacchanal. So these talks that you say take place on a monthly basis or a weekly basis or whatever else, is the element of communication in times like these something that is discussed? And what are the the methods that are available to disseminate that kind of information overall? Well, let me speak um, specifically about, well, the issue you're raising is one of communication, not necessarily response. Because there was an appropriate response. Communication perhaps needs to be refined to the extent that there is involvement and um, dissemination to the wider population. I agree. We accept that. Mm -hmm. But internally, in terms of mounting a response, an appropriate response for an event, it is built into the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service um, critical incident, event, and disaster management plan and policy. It is, in fact, a policy, a formal document, a Mm -hmm. plan that is alive and operationalized in the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service. And um, the purpose of the plan is really to assist managers, supervisors, decision makers to make clear and accountable decisions. Um, is intended to inform appropriate decisions, actions in response to any occurrence or natural disaster. Um, and part of it is improving information and early warning making disaster risk reduction a priority and reducing risk as far as practicable. It is, in fact, a document. And um, let me just go. I, I'm not digressing from the point that you make. It's valid. Right. The time has come, as you have alluded to, for us as an organization, as a society, to include um, better communication not only internally among the organizers or the response team to the event but involve the public Um, to my mind on the level of the police service there is in fact a police information officer assigned once an event takes place and the plan is activated and so I want to talk a little bit about the plan itself Mm -hmm. Um, you see on every ordinary day today for instance the Trinidad and Tobago police service operates at what we call a, a, a readiness level zero nothing significant out of the ordinary is happening officers report for duty they are deployed as the job requires no specific action is required if we move to a, a, a level one event we are now in a state of readiness is what we identify as a yellow alert level. A critical incident, an event or a disaster is possible or likely to occur. And it may require some coordination during the emergency management operations. And the plan also ascribes levels of responsibility in mitigating or managing responses, appropriate responses. So you'll find at a level one, a senior superintendent in charge of a division, heads of stations, inspectors, sergeants, they are all mobilized, resources are checked, 
validated vehicles refuel the, the, the normal preparation for events take place. We now move to what we call a level two, a state of readiness, an orange alert. The critical incident or event or the disaster is imminent or it's in effect. The organization is vigilant and ready to take action. The level of responsibility moves up the chain of command to the regional um, commander and assistant commissioner in conjunction with the heads of divisions, senior superintendents, heads of stations, sergeants, etc. And the regional commander is responsible for coordinating um, response within the division. You see, the, the, the level really is commensurate with the impact across a wider geographical location. So a regional commander has jurisdiction over multiple divisions. So it would mean an intervention is required at that level to address the needs of more than one divisions. And then we go to the red um, alert or the level three. It means that the event is taking place. An active storm, a hurricane, mass flooding. And the level of responsibility goes all the way up to the Deputy Commissioner of Operations and the Commissioner of Police and other stakeholders external to the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service. And this is where ODPM and the whole coordinating the, the, the meetings that we talk about, this is where that group is activated and a national response takes place. So that is contained in the document and there are some critical issues, some critical elements that the various um, supervisors, administrators are required to do inclusive of informing the public, the national community, as to what is taking place and what the response is. So that is just in a nutshell mm. what the plan encapsulates. Whose job is it to, to identify the public and notify them? Well, <clears throat> in the formal setting, the first responder on the ground transmits the information to what we call a divisional operational center, which is localized to a particular space. And depending on the scale, that information is then channeled to the corporate communication unit. That unit then makes a media release. This is, you're talking about the police service? The police service. Right. Well, we're talking here on a national scale, all of these groups coming together, ODPM and everybody else. Let's just say, okay, L L ODPM? Yes, ODPM makes the the statement to the public. So then if we had to say, well, why did, if we had to ask, well, how come we didn't get a message about what happened that time, we need to rake ODPM over the coals? Not oh. necessarily, because it may be that that was a localized, as the officer just alluded to. Okay. It was not of a national proportion. And that's what they talk about, spot, or and I, I refer to the 100 year flood mm -hmm. where the ODPM would have responded. Okay, but Everybody was in mass. Let's just say we want to get to a situation where in an event like what took place that day. And I'm just using this because it's the most recent one, right? And we, uh, I'm suggesting, and maybe, I don't know if it's something that you all can consider, that because of the traffic that this flooding caused, and because you could have probably eased the, the number of vehicles coming, if we had made a, a, who would have been responsible for saying something to somebody somewhere, somehow, to get that information out in that localized 
scenario that we're talking about here? Who would have been responsible? Well, certainly the information should have been channeled through to the public information officer. Um, corporate so it would have been the police service in this instance? Okay. Yeah, we need to take a couple messages to take us up to the news, but it's a very, very interesting discussion finding out how things work. Because sometimes we don't understand how things work, and because we don't understand how things work, we have unrealistic expectations. And the unrealistic expectations fuel some of the anger that the public feels at some points in time. When we get back after the 8 o'clock news, we'll be, of course, encouraging some of your calls as we continue our very, very interesting discussion here this morning. We are speaking with very special guests in studio. Divisional Fire Officer Aldrin Allen, Acting Fire Sub-Officer Jude Rogers, and ACP Northern and Western Division, that's ACP Winston Maharaj, Acting Assistant Commissioner of Police Northwest Division. Some messages, news, we'll be right back. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome back. Three minutes after eight. We continue our discussions on an emergency evacuation plan for the nation's capital with us. Divisional Fire Officer Aldrin Allen, Acting Fire Sub-Officer Jude Rogers, and also Acting Assistant Commissioner of Police Northwest Division. That's ASP Winston Maharaj. Just take a couple of your calls as we resume. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning, Satish. Good morning to your guests. Um, gentlemen, don't take this the wrong way, but I feel all you need more equipment, you know. And I feel that all you should be making representation to get more equipment. Um, when you take into account um, things like global warming, um, I'm sure you all have seen a, 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 an increased intensity in terms of the weather systems that Trinidad and Tobago is being hit with um, in the recent past. Um, I, I'm not a, a, a person involved in this, this kind of thing, but I feel as though in, in light of those things, that you all should be trying to meet that challenge um, by getting better equipment, more equipment, um, even access to technology. We have um, a, a system of cameras. Um, I don't know what role those things play in assisting you all in being able to, to, to see certain events before they happen then, in, in, you know, to be proactive, to head off certain things and to inform the public. Um, um, there's a, 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 a system that you could send mass WhatsApp messages to the person to let them know that um, avoid um, Rice Road or avoid the Shogunas area. Or, you, you know, these are things that I think that you all should be making representation for. I don't know if you already are. If you are, I apologize. But these are the things that I am looking for from you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call before we get your comments. Hello, good morning. Hello, morning. I'm very blunt in terms of what is. I don't. I, I guess the topic is evacuation. We are a failed state when coming to evacuation. Any little rain falls in Port of Spain, people have a nightmare to come out of Port of Spain. They do not open the bus route until the last minute. You know what I'm saying? And whoever is in charge, they really should be heads should be rolling. That's my point about it. Every Friday evening, you have massive roadblock coming on all the main streams. Yet still, our crime going out at out, out at quack. I don't know where these people's head really is. Thank you. Have a great morning. Bye. Let's speak about that a bit. Evacuation plan for Port of Spain. We've been discussing it as a, as a nation for a number of years. Is there an evacuation plan for the nation's capital? 
Well, the nature of the event will determine the evacuation plan. Uh, built into an evacuation plan is a route for evacuation. So it is dynamic. So if the event is taking place on a pre-established route, well then certainly we have to change that. So the nature of the event will determine the methodology of evacuation. I want to go back to flooding in Port of Spain because that's the perennial problem. And the major routes are flooded out. It makes evacuation a tedious task. We need to fix the infrastructure to mitigate against the flooding so that we can properly operationalize a good working evacuation plan. On the part of the police, once events take place in Port of Spain, the protocols are, one, preserve life, prevent harm or injury to persons, property, looting, vandalism, robberies, and other offenses as the order of protocol. But certainly the evacuation part of getting persons out of the city is contingent upon the nature of the event. If it's a flood, well then there's very little that the police can, could do. The priority bus route is an alternative, but access from the city itself onto the bus route is restricted because the very roadway that leads you from, let's say, Independence Square, South Key, um, wherever it is, to get onto the bus route is impeded by floodwaters. It's as simple as that. Okay, but w w why are we operating from the, the, the position that we need to access the bus, bus route from Port of Spain? Because you would have the, tr the traffic sneaking its way out of the nation's capital. The mayor, the, mayor the, the, the name itself, evacuation plan, suggests that things aren't normal. That the reason why you need an evacuation plan is because there is some impediment to the normal flow of the way things would be done. Which would mean that you would expect that, well, all right, you can't pass in this road, you couldn't pass in that road, this next road, is a, you shouldn't pass there. Because of what's going on. And, and to me, that would suggest, well, any evacuation plan should take into consideration that there's going to be disruption to the normal way things go. So if South Key flooded out, an evacuation plan should take that into consideration that South Key can pass. That the, 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 the hub to come into the nation's capital city gate is inaccessible. Let's just say, talking here, we hope it never happens. Let me say somebody blow up city gate, right? And there's mass chaos in the nation's capital. We can't use city gate to get out of Port of Spain. So we need to find something. We need to have something. So, 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 so telling me that, that, that well, the South Key flood out, you can't do anything about it. It's, I don't know if that's acceptable. Because then, then I would ask the question, well, if, if there is a massive crater somewhere, somebody drop a bomb and we can't pass that, what do we do? We can't just throw our hands up in the air and say, well, there's only so much and the place block up and everything else. People are expecting in that time to get some, some guidance uh, as to, well, here's what should happen. So accessing the bus route from Citygate is not an option. Why can't we open it up from Mova? And say to the traffic, listen to me, you have two routes out of Portus, out now, you could take the main road, or you could take the bus route, or from there you could access the highway, and let's channel the traffic in that direction, or, or something like that. Um, rather than telling people, well, it flood out, the, the police are like, I do not know, we can't sweep up the water, we are waiting until the flood go down. Uh, it, it, 
what I'm trying to suggest, and, and I don't know if I'm getting the point across properly, is that there must be several alternatives. It does not seem to me that when there is a problem, there are several alternatives. And, and it's just about tying into, well, how do we respond? Um, and, and the response in itself means that while the police are on the ground, it's not just being on the ground, it's about telling people, well, all right, listen, you have an access here, and communicating that message. Because the communication of the message is most important. Um, are those things part of this plan that we're talking about? Off the air, you would be with, you'd be saying that there is an evacuation plan for Port of Spain. What is it? Because I'm, I'm going to open the phones again and ask anybody if they know that there is an evacuation plan for Port of Spain. And I'm positive people will say no. Because we've never had a, even though a drill might inconvenience real people, you get more cost than anything else. But in, 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 in time, there are parts of the world where you have tsunami alerts. And the entire population knows exactly what to do when that alert goes off. We in Trinidad don't even know if we have a plan for Port of Spain, much less what to do in the event. We're just using Port of Spain because it's the nation's capital. And there are other parts of the country that would require similar uh, plans. But for Port of Spain, does the public know what the evacuation plan is or what it should be? Yeah, let me just, um, before I address that issue specifically, I am in no way making any excuses for the police throwing their hands up in the air and saying that it's flooding and no. I am saying that specific to the event of flooding, it impacts significantly the best of evacuation plans that you could fathom to get out of Port of Spain. Mm -hmm. See one except we use the aerial route. It's an option. It's a costly one also. We look at the other routes to take you out of Port of Spain eastwards. We look at the Lady Young Road. Right. But built into the Lady Young Road are inherent dangers. It is risky based on weather, fallen trees. We have seen these events Landslide. taking place, landslides as the case may be, that adds to the issue of getting out of the city. Specific to flooding, it may make sense in the absence of mm -hmm. a proper infrastructure in place to mitigate, uh, mitigate against the act of flooding with a normal rainfall. It may make sense for citizens to remain in a safe space within the city vis-a-vis -vis your office, as the case may be, mm -hmm. until the water subsides. You made reference to options what if the entrance to the priority bus route is impeded right. by way of city gate utilize the mover junction um intersection to draw the traffic out that takes place there are police officers on the ground once something takes place in port of spain the east west corridor is activated to mitigate against traffic congestion but the flooding itself there is nothing that the police could do mm. Let's let's take one or two calls again. Six two seven three two two three six two five two two five seven. We may need to, to end our interview uh, in a couple of minutes because we do have another interview scheduled to begin in not too long from now. So we've we've discussed a lot, and you all have put a lot of information into the public domain about how things work, um, and understanding how things work gives the listener a clearer 
idea well they should have a clear idea in their in their minds as to whether what we are seeing is acceptable or not let's take what might be our final call for the interview hello good morning good morning good morning to you guys in the studio here um i listen attentively to the discussion that we have in this morning which is very important but um what it is i realize is there are a lot of policies in place theoretically on paper but when you look at it practically on the ground Nothing has been working, and something needs to be done about that. I listen to you, you're all stressing on even further than what is true. Now, it's a very important thing because you need to do these things so whenever these situation arises, then you can go through it without having no hiccups and issues there, right? Concerning this um, fire tender, it's happened before in the past, past administration, right? We had a fire truck and I take next amount of money and what and what and take. To me, this one was and that because you, you could have still salvaged parts from that vehicle and to put into other fire services just to get it functioning. This is of no use to the service at all. And I think something should be done. Heads must roll after proper investigation has been done because there's too many of these issues happening there and there's tax dead money going down the drain when we could have focused on other better things. So, guys, thank you for taking my call. Very important discussion. And I hope the others who support any party right now, let me hear what they have to do to defend this situation. Thank you once again. Thank, thank you so much for your call. The blame game we're not really involved in at this point in time because that's change administration, you just change who you're blaming and you keep on moving on and on and on with the same thing. The, the discussion, as the caller suggests, is an important one about what happens in the face of adversity in the nation's capital, not just in the nation's capital, but anywhere in the country. What you have is you have persons who are in situations that can be very trying for them um, because not everyone is able to handle that level of stress and that kind of uncertainty and the possibility that there is danger somewhere around or they could find themselves in danger and that kind of thing. And, 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 and it's, it's something that we need to consider in the overall scheme of things. Because let's because some of the traffic that we see, you have persons who are sometimes suffering from some kind of medical condition. And and if they are stuck in, in a traffic jam like that, what's their position? How how does emergency get to them and, and, and all these kinds of things? So it's not just about well your inconvenience and you have spent three hours in your car. There is so much more. If you have people who have to go for medical attention or or all of these kinds of things and, and they miss them for one reason or the other. It can cause a lot of problems. Um, it's heartening to hear that the discussions are taking place. Now, as the caller suggested, the public may not necessarily be convinced that they are seeing the benefits of those discussions. And we've uh, well, we've discussed, and I've put forward my position on the air that there there definitely needs to be uh, an overhaul of the communicating. Of, of how things happen, what's going on, because B-Mobile and, and Digicel and ODPM forever sending you a million and one different texts about all kind of things that not necessarily important. And people are strips when you see they get a message wanting to know why they're bothering them. But when it comes to the important things, it seems as though we're not getting the messages. Uh, as it, Maybe it might be unfair, maybe it might, but that's the perception. And perception really, in many instances, is the reality. So I want to thank all three of you for being with us here this morning and sharing your insights into this matter. I think it's a matter that requires more than one discussion because there are other things about what's going on that we have not even scratched the surface of. 
and the public definitely needs to know. So maybe we might need uh, another installment of this discussion so that, so that the public gets the information. I mean, you all may not necessarily have all the answers, but a listening ear is better than no one listening. And people would get the impression that if they raise the issues with you all, you can take it back to whoever needs to make the decision and bring back the information to us, and we could possibly see a change somewhere in the future. Because discussions, I believe, should should be intended and focused at finding some sort of resolution. It's not about cast casting being here to buff up nobody and curl and make myself to be no gladiator. That serves no purpose at the end of the day. And, um, and information is what people really need. So I want to thank all three of you for being with us here this morning and sharing the information for our listeners. And I'm positive that we are going to have another installment of this discussion. Thank you all once again for being here. And ladies and gentlemen, that's where we drop the curtains on that interview. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.